Hello, 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 everybody. What is up? This is Cole Haight here. Another episode of the All In Man Cave podcast. Having a wonderful Labor Day. Beautiful weather here in eastern Pennsylvania. Hope you guys are all having a good day off of work. Hopefully, if you have to go to work today, kind of defeats the purpose of it being Labor Day. We all work hard every day. So whatever your vice is, I hope you guys are enjoying it, whether it's having a beer, gardening outside, going for a run, going to the gym, watching sports. We got a full slate of MLB baseball games today. And leading into that, we have a very special guest already once on the podcast. My man Tyler Martinez is coming in hot to talk about baseball leading into the postseason, which is a little less than a month away. What is going on, Mr. Tyler Martinez? Hey, what's up, buddy? Same old, same old. (laughs) Glad to have you back on the podcast. I know you've been very, very, very closely watching this postseason race. We got probably about 30 games left, maybe a little less than 30 games left in the MLB season. I know your Mets, well, we're going to talk about them a little bit. Huge Mets fan, if you guys don't know from the last podcast. Uh, but we got a little bit of stuff to lead you guys going into the postseason, get you guys ready to go for October. Uh, we're going to start off with um, some Rookie of the Year bids from the AL and the NL. And then we're going to work our way into some fun segments at the end. So, Tyler Martinez, the MLB expert on the on the All In Man Cave podcast today. Let's start with the AL Rookie of the Year candidates that you've seen. All right. So so far, MLB pro- projected that there's five players who have a chance of winning the AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, number one, they have Adolis Garcia, outfielder for the Rangers, has 29 home runs, 77 RBIs, and batting 249 would tie Rangers franchise rookie home run record if he hits 30 home runs, which he's going to do that. No guarantee. He's only one away. So he's definitely going to do that. Uh, Number two. uh, Is he in the start? He's in the starting starting lineup for them. Yes. Yeah. There's no way he's not hitting one home run in 30 games in a month. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's not happening. So we'll keep an eye on him. Continue. Go ahead. Uh, Number two, they have Randy Rosarina, another outfielder for the Rays. Last season and the postseason, he recorded 10 home runs and 29 hits, which is a record. Um, He also is leading rookies with 120 hits, 24 doubles, and 45 walks. And his batting average is 273 and total 19 home runs and 61 RBIs. Number three, they have Luis Garcia, the pitcher for the Astros. Number four, Ryan Mountcastle. And number five, the number one prospect in all baseball, Wander Franco, for the shortstop for the Tampa Bay Rays. Out of all these players, I think Randy Rosarina is going to win the rookie of the year, even though he played in the postseason last year. Definitely, that's he's on a winning team. The Rays have won the best records in all of baseball. There's no way they're going to pick someone who is on a losing team to be a rookie of the year. And especially what he did in the postseason last year. Granted, it was last year, but these voters are not going to forget that. They're absolutely not going to forget that. 29 hits with 10 home runs and maybe 10 games that he played in last year. There's no way they're going to forget that. So I think he's a lock. I mean, granted, if you want to look at offensive numbers, Adolis Garcia, yes, he has 29 home runs and 77 RBIs, but he's on a losing team. His team has no chance of making the playoffs. 
And they're going to put someone who they're going to pick someone who has a chance of going to the postseason and winning it all. So there's no doubt in mind it's going to be Randall Rosarina. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you on multiple levels. Not only the interesting statistic that if all you listeners didn't catch that, uh, Randy Rose Arena, who I agree with Ty, should is probably the front runner in this race. He mentioned postseason hits last year. Uh, so in case you guys are unfamiliar with the way baseball works, Tyler being the, the expert that he is and me being the, uh, the amateur, I did not know that it was based on uh, at, bait, at bat played appearances. So basically it goes by, it goes by plate appearances and not by actual years. So if he didn't get enough plate appearances last season, even though he played last year, he's still available in this race for rookie of the year. Uh, The other thing that you mentioned, like you can't, and it's, and it's more than just baseball. It's, it's every sport. You you can be amazing on one team, but you're not going to be a rookie of the year. If your team is absolutely terrible. And some of the players are playing for teams that are that are just awful. The Rangers are bad. Uh, the Orioles are bad. Um, pitching versus hitting in terms of a race like this. We talked about this before we even started the, the podcast and we were mentioning it. You, you pitch once every five days. And if you're a reliever, you might pitch once every three. If you're pitching one inning or you might it might be a week before you pitch. So. Putting up offensive numbers is similar to the NFL, where if you're a quarterback, you're going to get more looks and more votes for uh, an all-star, a pro bowl, everything like that. For those accolades, the quarterback's worth a lot more than any other position. So I 100% agree with everything about the AL. And let's go. Let's move on. Let's look at the uh, let's look at the National League in terms of rookie of the year candidates. So number one for a National League rookie of the year. These writers have Jonathan India, the second baseman for the Reds. Uh, great feel for the strike zone. Already a Met killer. Like they played two series against him, and he just destroys them every time. I think he had like three leadoff home runs between each series that they played. Um, he had, entering September third, he has a .381 on base percentage, which would be the best by any rookie with 500 plate appearances since Jose Abreu did it in 2014. For the White Sox? Yes. And he's leading NL rookies with 59 RBIs and 43 extra base hits. Uh, Number two, they have Trevor Rogers, pitcher for the Marlins. He's been banged up a little bit. Uh, I think just a couple days ago he came off of the IL. And then number three, they have Patrick Wisdom, third baseman for the Cubs. He In the beginning of the season, he was on a home run tear. But I, I just, I don't think he's going to, I, there's no, I don't, I don't believe he's going to win rookie of the year. Uh, and then number four, you have Ian Anderson, pitcher for the Braves. Good pitcher. See him plenty of times. Very good pitcher. Mets barely hit him. It's a routine thing, basically. Uh, but hands down for NL rookie of the year is Jonathan India. Like there's none of these players are going to outbid Jonathan India. And granted, there's two pitchers that they have on this list and Patrick Wisdom, you can't compare him to Jonathan India. Jonathan India is just, he's just phenomenal. He's going to be a star. And what's, and another reason why I like him is because he grew up a Mets fan. Can't go wrong. A Mets fan. And now he's a Met killer. Isn't that crazy? Exactly. Typical. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And, and the NL similar to the AL with pitchers trying to outbid, um, we're trying to outbid people that put up huge offensive numbers. And honestly, it might be a little biased, but in some of these rookie of the year 
bids and some of these players that I've seen in the MLB, like the past couple seasons, and even back when we were in college, what you do towards the end of the year is a little bit more biased in terms of what you do at the beginning based on when they're voting. So like, yes, Patrick wisdom was hot at the beginning of the year, but he went cold. And that's all the, the voters are going to be thinking about is what have you done for me recently? So, and Jonathan India has been on fire and the fact that he's, you pick somebody who's destroying your own team. That's very, it's very interesting. It's kind of like my NFL uh, fantasy draft where I picked not only Aaron Rodgers, but also Devontae Adams. So that's a great one, two combo. It's a good combo. And, and if a little bit of background on Ty, he's got a little book he likes to fill out for, for Mets games. Um, I don't know anybody who watches more baseball than this guy. So, I mean, to watch Jonathan India and I've, I've seen a few things on him on, on ESPN few interviews after a few games the 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 reds are making a push they're not that far off in the in the playoff race either so kind of good kind of good to see these young players come out and like we talked about in the first mlb recap before the before the all-star break we talked a lot about shohei otani and he was a huge and he went cold a little bit in the second half but it's still good to see these young kids coming up and making an influence on baseball because baseball needs to continue to grow because they're losing out to football in terms of viewership no, I definitely agree. I mean, if you really like, if you look at the wild card race, I mean, Cincinnati is only a, a half game back from the Padres, so they're very, very close of pulling it off and going to the postseason. But we'll talk about that later on in the segment. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. I mean, Jonathan India, fantastic fielder. I mean, like I said, watching him every game that they played against the Mets, great fielder. Um, but yeah, there's just no doubt in my mind, like Patrick wisdom, he's playing for the Cubs. Cubs are not they're They literally unloaded everyone. They won our world series in 2016. And then a couple years later, they get rid of everyone because they're all free agents at the end of the year. Granted, are they going to resign those players back? Who knows? Javi Baez said he's not ruling that out, but who, who knows? I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see, but I, I just think like, I, I just think that Jonathan India is going to run with it. There's no way he has a better chance of making the postseason compared to the Cubs. And it comes down to me, it comes down to wins and losses. Yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Everything so far in the rookie of the year, I'm looking at these players and they, they all, they all are going to outperform. They're all going to outperform the rest of the list. The ones that we've, that we've chosen. So thank you for that. Let's move on to another amazing topic that we talked about and covered on the first segment of the MLB, but it's still continuing to be an issue. Let's talk about Trevor Bauer. Uh, So Trevor Bauer was a very, let's say at the least a very polarizing player for the, for the MLB this season. We talked about him in the first segment. Let's let's get an update on Trevor Bauer from, from Utah and, and let me know what's going on with this because it's still continuing to be an issue. So he was put on he was he still put on administrative leave. It was just it was extended again for the eighth time. Um, so now September 10th, they will is supposedly when it will end, but they're probably just going to continue to extend it throughout until the end of the year. Um, he has been into court, he's Pled not guilty. Um, he had, I guess, the one of the accusers. They tried to file a restraining order, but the judge denied it. Um, he hasn't pitched since June 28th, 
and hasn't been with the team since July 2nd. And he could be facing a one to two year suspension. MLB executives believe he will never pitch for the Dodgers again after signing a three year deal this offseason and also believes that his career is completely over. So it's very interesting to see because Trevor Bauer has bat mouth MLB of how they handle things, especially the Astros cheating scandal. And he's been very vocal about it. So I'm wondering if this is playing a factor into his suspension that possibly could happen. And what's funny is that MLB still, for every time they extend his administrative leave, MLB still has to ask the Players Association and grant it. They have to grant it. And then, but he's still also getting paid while on this leave as well. So he hasn't pitched since June 28th and still getting and still getting paid. And but ha- and also hasn't been on the team since July 2nd. So I don't know the answer to this, and you might. Are all baseball contracts fully guaranteed? Yes. So you're telling me that he signed a three-year extension mm-hmm. at the beginning of this season or like last off season is what you're saying? In the beginning of this season. Okay. So, and then now he's been suspended for the past two and a half months, hasn't played in two and a half months and he's been on leave and being paid. Yep. Now, if he does, if he receives a one to two year ban, the Padres, or sorry, the Dodgers still have to pay him. I think that's when they will go and say, you know what? We're done. Cause if you look at it as like for, um, Steroids. If a player tests positive for steroids, aka Robinson Cano, and got tested positive twice in the last couple of years, this year he is not playing for the Mets at all because he tested positive last year, and they don't have to pay him. So that's twenty three million dollars that the owner saving. So I believe if Trevor Bauer is suspended for one or two years, they they won't pay him. But it, they can they can also if the player association agrees to it they can just pretty much avoid his contract and say he's done. Like he's never pitching for us again. Yeah. I didn't know how that worked. I know that the contracts are a little bit, a little bit iffy in terms of the comparison between the NFL and the, and basketball, to be honest, because of the no salary cap, there's also a lot of clauses. I don't know about um, yes. that you may have, may have known about, like you just said, cause I didn't know like if they're fully guaranteed, but like, what is that line? Like, what is the line that, because the, the Dodgers have two choices. They're, they're an LA team. That has a huge fan base. So do you want the hardcore fans to see this man pitch and you think that they're going to forget about what he did or is what he did too much and that's why you want to leave him off the field? What hurts your brand and what helps your brand in terms of that argument? I mean, I I think they just, yeah, I mean, I think they just need to get rid of him completely because why are you going to have someone pitching for your team who was accused of abusing women? Granted, you're... Like you, what's the saying? You're, you're not guilty. Like you're not guilty until you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. I just think that like, based off of what I read, it's, and I'm not uh, like, yes, I went to school for criminal justice and I did everything and worked in corrections. I'm not a judge or a lawyer, but just to, I mean, just hearing, just reading what I, what the articles are saying, I think the Dodgers need to get rid of them you like the Dodgers are one of the top historic franchises in all of sports and this could put a mulligan on that on that franchise you're going to keep a player who was who was accused of abusing this woman twice and you're he's going to still pitch for the team I don't think that looks good on on 
any aspect. It you absolutely does not. It absolutely looks terrible. Like you have kids looking up to the, this team and what they did. I mean, granted, they don't need Trevor Bauer. They absolutely do not need Trevor Bauer. They just they got just, Max Scherzer. Exactly. They got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Trey Turner is not a second baseman, but he's going to be their shortstop of the future. But I just, I, they, I think they need to just say, you know what? We're done. We're cutting this contract out. We're not doing it. He yeah, can even, go if they got, even if they have to pay a penalty or even how, how, however that works, like even if there was a penalty involved, I don't know if there is, but even if there was, just get him away from the brand. Like yeah. just, just get him away from the logo, get him away from the brand. That that team is the team stacked. Like they're going to be set up with or without Trevor Bauer for almost a decade, depending on how they do with all these contracts and whether they can extend them, maybe get a few players. Like they could pull off a Yankees off season situation where open the, open the wallet. Let's pay them all. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like the Dodgers, I like, I'm, Granted, they're a good baseball team, but they're getting on my nerves because they're doing what the Yankees used to do. And it's getting annoying because, like, how much money do you have? Like, you literally just signed – you literally just got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner for what? You have Corey Seager. He's your shortstop. Granny is a free agent after the end of the year, but what what, what was the point of making that move? Like, there's no – like, you had Max Scherzer going to the Padres. Then all of a sudden, hey – Max Scherzer's going to the Dodgers with Trevor with Trey Turner. Like, I just we, we can get more onto the Dodgers later on in the segment, but I have strong feelings towards them. Yes, I do, and I'm looking forward to it. But before we get to your strong strong feelings towards the Dodgers, let's talk about your strong feelings for your own baseball team. All right, so I talked about this a, a podcast or two ago in my news about M, uh, MLB fans and PGA Tour fans going a little bit over the top. Now, I'm not a Mets fan. I'm also not a Bryson DeChambeau fan, quite frankly. So my opinion on the on the situation is a little bit different than most. Obviously, having Ty on as a Mets fan, I want to get his take on it. So, Ty, let's go over again what, what the issue is with the fans versus these Mets players and tell me how you feel about it and, and how you see it shaking up. So pretty much what happened was you, you saw – Back in July, and this is all. This is all leading up to July before the All Star break and after the All Star break. You, the Mets played before the All Star break. Played the Pirates. Pirates are one of the worst teams in baseball. They played a four game series, lost. That they won one game out of that four game series. After the All Star break, the Mets played another three game series. For with the pirate against the pirates and Pittsburgh lost. I was at one of the game sitting with the with the Mets fan base, the seven line army, and game I went to July 17th is they were winning six nothing, blew the lead, and the in the bottom of the ninth inning, Edwin Diaz gave a gave up a walk-off grand slam. So that's twice in my lifetime watching a Mets game in person where I saw a walk-off grand slam one in 2015 and the other. And this year, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. People get to see that one was all, one was from like Davis. The other one was against the pirates. So, and then they played after that, I believe they played the blue Jays 
won the series against the Blue Jays, which was shocking because Blue Jays are just like a powerhouse. Record might not show it, but they are just they're going to be a very good team at some point. Very good team. And then after that, they just kept on losing. And New York fans in general are very passionate, but Mets fans are extremely passionate. So last couple of weeks, players are getting booed. Fans are booing them. You're booing your own team. And I guess these players had enough. Lindor was getting sick of it. He's been booed all year long. Javi Baez was being booed. Conforto being booed. All these players are getting booed because they're not producing. And so the fans got sick of it and they started booing them. And then now the players, they all of a sudden are like, they got together, like, you know what? You're either going to support us when we're losing or you're going to support us when we're losing. We're getting tired of being booed. So they every time the Mets did something well, either get a home run, base hit, score some runs, whatever, they were doing a thumbs down celebration, which was like booing back at the fan base. Now, the ownership stopped it. They put an end to it right away because Javier Baez came out and said, you know what, like this is what it means because he was asked in an interview and he flat out said what it what it meant. And ownership was like, no, we're not doing that. Steve Cohen was like, you absolutely do not do that. You do not boo fans back. Like fans come to the, to the ballpark to celebrate. If you're winning, yeah, they're going to cheer. You're going to get a hit. They're going to cheer. Home run, whatever. They're all going to cheer. But when you make stupid plays and lose to teams that you should absolutely demolish, a.k.a. the Marlins, a.k.a. the Pirates, yes, you're going to get booed. When you, can't, you can't, when you can't beat teams that you're supposed to beat, you're going to get booed. And that's just with any fan base. And for me as a Mets fan, I have no problem. I don't boo the Mets. I just know that they, they suck. So, and that's how it's been. Like, I won't raise, I told Jamie, my fiance, I told my mother, I was like, I'm not raising my kid a Mets fan because I don't want them growing up and they're already failing because being a Mets fan, it pretty much means like you're failing. Basically every year they're just, they either hurt, they're hurt constant injuries or they're just being outplayed and outcoached. I'll tell you what, between between your baseball team, my baseball team, and my football team, we're 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 riding the struggle bus. I'll tell you that. We are. I mean, granted, like the Mets, they were they were five they were above five hundred and they were leading the division for a while. So they look good and they went on their little collapse. But with if you don't know the Mets, their collapse is terrible it's not like oh you lose one series and then you pick it back up no it's like you lose one series and your collapse begins and it's you're in a you're collapsing for a month like i've i've called it when a couple weeks ago when they're playing the phillies and i was like i told jamie and i told my mother and other people i was like by the end of that series the mets will be in third place that Sunday they were in third place. So I just it's not it's not just like they can have a bad game or a bad series. It's like a bad month. And like I can relate to that 100 percent And I agree with you. I as a, a second second handed Mets fan because of you really want them to win the division. I don't know if they will. 
I mean, granted, not- I definitely want them to win the division, but I just it's just we can get that later on down the line. But when it comes to the booing part of the players booing the fans back, you don't do that. You don't you don't do that. You're making millions of dollars. Literally, you're making millions of dollars. Okay, you Francisco Lindor, like you're almost you're almost a billionaire, basically. Like you're not that far away from being a billionaire, and you're booing your fan base who is paying your salary and buying merchandise and giving you that money, basically, to buy a house in New York, which everyone knows is way overpriced. And you're going to boo the fan base back when you're the ones who are pretty much giving you the living that you have. Like there's not, you don't do that. I was waiting for you to say that. Cause that was going to be my, that was going to be my main comment. So I can, and, and relate very relatable to you. I can be the worst relentless Vikings fan. I will not boo my own team. I will get extremely pissed off, but at the end of the day, if I'm making millions of dollars for playing the game that I've loved my entire life and the, I'm I'm basically talking crap on the people that are paying at least a decent amount of my salary. That ain't right. Yeah, it ain't right. And you can, and it, there's, it's not okay. Like I, are you, be, are any of these fans better than any of the players that are on the field? Absolutely not. Unless you got, unless, unless uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw sitting in the, sitting in the, in the stands watching a game and the, and the pitcher with a higher ERA is on the field and, and Clayton Kershaw is booing, which will never happen. Yeah. So, or any good pitcher, to be honest with you, but it's, I feel like the Mets have a shot. They always have a shot. I feel like they're always around, but, and he, I was with you with the run when they went on that, that deep run with, with Syndergaard mm-hmm. uh, back when we were in college. So I, they're getting the, they're getting pitching back. I think they were on track to be back relatively soon. So we'll, we'll see. I think it depends on that. You can get them both back. You got to, and, and just to get into the playoffs, you have a solid chance, but let's, so let's, this is a very good transition. So let's, let's get into it. So I'm going to go off. Tyler and I both have picks for every division winner. And then the two wildcard spots in both leagues. Ty, please feel free to chime in when I make decisions that are not the best for MLB baseball, because <laughs> my picks are normally not good. Please ask my DraftKings account. So so I'm going to start with the AL. So in the AL, I've got the Rays. They're seven and a half games up now. I've got the Rays winning the AL East. Uh, Yankees aren't touching them. And I don't think Boston, based on the way they were slumping, I think at the beginning of the season, Boston was going to make a decent run. They They were playing well, but they've been slumping recently. And Chris Sale looks atrocious. I don't, I don't know why he, he just doesn't, it looks like he lost his arm and picked one up off the, off the ground outside the stadium. I don't really know. I don't really know how that works, but so we're, I got the Rays coming out of the East, the central, the white Sox. the whole division is terrible. It's my division. They're, they're nine and a half games up right now. Nobody's touching them. The Tigers are terrible. The twins are terrible. The Royals are very terrible. Um, and I don't want to talk about the rest of the division. Just know that the white Sox are going to win that division. Um, and as much as Ty and I hate the Houston Astros, we have to pick the Houston Astros to win the AL West four and a half games up. However, my Cinderella pick for the AL in the wild card race is the Seattle Mariners, who, if they get hot, can come back and win that division. Now, 
I hate the Astros, so I would really love Seattle to come back and get hot. But my other team is the Red Sox coming out of the AL East. So since we're on the East Coast, for all you Yankees fans out there, you're going to be riding the pine during the postseason. The Yankees will not make it into the postseason because at the beginning of the year, their offense was atrocious and they pay all their players. So now that you guys won 12 games in a row, guess what? You're going to lose 12 games in a row and you're not getting into the playoffs. So recapping, I got the Rays in the NL East, the White Sox in the Central, the Astros in the West, and the Red Sox and Mariners in the wild card. Ty, do you have any problems with that? So I agree with everything but the Mariners. I think, unfortunately, I think the Yankees will make it to the postseason off of the wild card spot, and it'll be the Red Sox and Yankees wild card. Like, I believe that's what's going to happen. Um, Astros, I wish it was another team. I, I... Dusty oh, Baker is a great manager. Great manager. I love him. But I feel bad that he was in. He was put into that spot because a couple years later, hey, they're still getting booed. Like, but... I mean, at the I mean, who knows? At the end of this season, I mean, there's Carlos Carrera might not even be on that team anymore, but he's still he might still get booed. Um, I mean, George Springer's getting booed, but having a hell of a season. Yep. And I mean, he probably literally made probably the catch of the year a couple of weeks ago against the Mets. Of course, that was phenomenal. If you haven't seen that video, you should watch it. He literally like he like was just running and turned to freaking Superman. It was amazing. Like, <laughs> everybody check that out. Everybody check out that video. That was yeah, free that was... advertising for YouTube. Go on YouTube and check that out. <laughs> um, I definitely believe the White Sox. Absolutely, it's just yeah. That whole division is no one stopping them, and they have two of the best closers in the game. There's no way Kimbrel and I forget the other guy's name, but he's from Australia. He's pretty cool. Um, Hendricks, that's his name. And then definitely Tampa Bay. I said it in the beginning on the first segment that we had. I was like, Boston was in was leading the division. I was like, hey, don't rule out Tampa Bay. I'm glad that came true because Tampa Bay has been, I think they had the second best record in all of baseball. They're literally just running the division right now. Yeah, they're one win behind the Giants and tied with the Dodgers. So for for most amount of wins that is i mean they're only a few there they might be a few games off depend on makeup days and double headers or whatever but yeah i mean i i picked the red Sox in the first segment because they were hot i should have known that that was a bad idea but once again i'm not the expert in the mlb so and when um, it comes to chris dale i mean he hasn't pitched in so long so like it's going to take time for him to warm up and get back to what he was doing before but there's not much time left so right now it doesn't look good, but it takes a while for these pitchers to just go in and start throwing zingers in the strike zone every time. Good news is about that is he's got a month and he's going to make what six starts, maybe in a month. So let's hope they can he put gets him in a bullpen if they want to do that too. But I don't think that's going to happen. If they want to save his arm, they can put him in a bullpen. But... Yeah, especially leading up to the. I mean, you uh, we've seen pitchers. I know that I watched a few games with you during. Uh, during college where they would get to the postseason and you would have multiple starters that could be in the rotation and they would just take some of them out off the back end and throw yeah. them in as setup men in the, in the postseason. So we might see that for Chris sale, yeah. but let's uh, let's go into the, N- uh, the NL now. So we'll go to the national league. So I've got the Phillies coming out of the East. Uh, if you know me at all, at all for everybody listening out there, you know, I hate Philadelphia. So 
I if one, every time I root against them, they win. So I'm going to go with my own bet via DraftKings and go with the Phillies at two and a half to one to win the division. That's a $10 bet, just in case anybody wants to know. Uh, there are two games down off the Braves right now, one game in front of the Mets as of right now. So we've got three teams within three games of each other coming in. Uh, I think my, my, my logic on this is that the Mets are not going to collapse the rest of the season, but are just going to miss that wild card spot. And based on how bad the division is, they're not going to be able to get a wild card spot. So Philly's going to just edge them out. The Braves have been playing better than they are the past few weeks. They're missing a huge key component that's out for the season. So I think that their pitching has been pitching better than they are, and their hitting's been a little bit better than their hitting should be. So I think that they're due for a little bit of a downfall. So and and I like the Phillies players. However, they are slumping as well. Their offense has been and pretty bad. And the only pitcher that seems to be able to give up zero runs is Zach Wheeler, who is a former Met. So. Zach Wheeler is great. If you ever, if you, another betting thing for everybody out there. If, if Zach Wheeler is pitching, take the under. Don't ever take the over if Zach Wheeler is pitching. I'm just telling you right now. I don't care if the, uh, the, if the over is four. Take under. Take under four. Because I watched a game. They were playing the Rays the other day. Zach Wheeler, 12 Ks, eight innings. And he gave up one hit in eight innings. And the final score was two to one, which would have been under four. So we'll go with the Phillies in the NL East. The Central, I'm going with the Brewers. They're up by 11 games. The Brewers have the best away record in, in baseball right now, 46 and 24 away from their own baseball stadium. Now, a lot of people talk about baseball stadiums being the least amount of home advantage for like your home baseball stadium. Now, I'm not sure that I buy into that. I'm not, your home, your home stadium is your home stadium. It doesn't matter what sport it is. They're all going off of analytics. So analytics and stats can tell you so much. The rest is what you do. You're obviously going to be more comfortable in your own stadium than you are on somebody else's. Like that's just, that's just a realistic view of it. So they're up by 11 games. Nobody's touched them in that division. And I've got the giants who are one game ahead of the Dodgers right now. Best, um, best record in baseball. Dodgers are dealing with a lot of crap with this Trevor Bauer stuff. And I think it's like lukewarm to hold of a story for them in terms of them being a team. But I still think the players are thinking about it. I think it's just enough of a distraction for them to not win the division. And the giants were a very underrated team coming into this season. I think I remember watching MLB TV. I got a free two week uh, two week thing for MLB TV on um, on Hulu. I watched it and they said that the Giants were projected projected to have 71 wins this season. They have 87 now with a month to go. So if anybody's overperforming, it's them. Uh, but they picked up Chris Bryant. They picked up a lot of pieces and they're playing a lot of great baseball right now and their pitching's way better than it was projected to be so i've got the giants there and then coming out of the the nl and the wild card i've got the dodgers who are just slightly not winning that race and then the reds to surprise the padres so i think that the padres slump continues and i think that the padres slump is going to be worse than the Mets slump so they are going to continue to fall as the season comes to an end Tatis is one player can't make a whole team Manny Machado hasn't played well their pitching has been 
bad to say it very nicely. They've been bad and they got swept by the Diamondbacks, I think twice. So you can't get swept by the Diamondbacks twice. That's just not, and I'm surprised that the, everybody in San Diego isn't booing them. So you, you can't get swept by the Diamondbacks twice. That's, that's not allowed. So you got, and to recap that one, we got the Phillies coming out of the East. We got the, the Brewers coming out of the Central. We've got the Giants coming out of the West and then the Dodgers and the Reds with the rookie of the year candidate, John India, Mr. India himself coming out in the last spot. Now, Ty, you've heard, you've heard my, I know you're going to give me crap for the Phillies. So I, I'm, I'm already prepared for that, but you got any other issues? You just tell, just tell me how I did here. I mean, you got, you're, you're pretty close. You're pretty close for not being a, a huge, like, viewer of baseball uh, but absolutely not the Phillies are definitely not winning the division there's no way there's no way I have a better chance of finding a $20 bill laying on the ground at a <laughs> random spot than the Phillies winning the division granted yes they are two games behind the Atlanta but I think Atlanta is I think Atlanta is going to run with it at some point like I think yeah you go into a little slump but they have good hitters. Their pitching's all right. I think their offense is going to carry them over. But I just, I mean, if you're if the Phillies end up winning, I will give you credit. I'll congratulate you. That'll be a, that that'll be a good pick, surprise pick on your end. But I I just as a Mets fan, I can't stand the Phillies. I can't stand Philadelphia in general. Granted, I live like anywhere between 45 to an hour away from Philly. And I just, I, I, I hate Philly. No, I so agree with you. If you're all, if your viewers are offended, I apologize, but I just, I like New York teams. So I can't like, I can't like any Philadelphia team. So, or root for like, yeah, I just, I can't. So I, I think it's going to be the Braves Brewers. Definitely. There's no, there's no way. I mean, do you have, you have the Cincinnati Reds, they're 11 games back. You have St. Louis, who was struggling for a while, and, and now they're they're hitting. Um, they're 13 and a half back. There's there's no way. There's no one's gonna catch up to the to the Brewers. Absolutely not. Um, and then this was a struggle for me, the NLS, because I just before the segment started, I had the Dodgers, and I happened to look at the Giants schedule and I had to switch it. I think the I think the Giants are going to win. I mean, they're they're pretty much a Cinderella team. They're one of the oldest teams in baseball, and they they're just running. And Gabe Kapler, he was a terrible manager for the Phillies. Now he's looking like the one of the best managers in all of baseball. Like he can be a candidate for a manager of the year. Like I have no doubt in my mind he's a candidate for manager of the year because he pulled he turned that team around. So last year they were they weren't great. The Giants weren't great last year. They were they were nowhere near where they Don't were. Don't they have were. a crazy GM? Um, the GM came from the Dodgers. Fahad, I think his name is. I'm not sure. He was. But, I heard. I read an article about him that he makes like crazy decisions, and for some reason, all of his crazy decisions worked out in one season, and now all of a sudden they're it's working. Like I don't because yeah. I, I listen to John Middlecoff talk a lot, and he's from the he's from the Bay Area. So he's out there in San Francisco. I think he's like 45 minutes from the 
from the stadium. So he goes to, they do a lot of giants coverage. They do a lot of Oakland Raiders and San Francisco 49ers coverage and Oakland athletics as well. Cause they're all right there. So mm-hmm. they, they used to have a local radio show. Shout out to John Middlecoff three and out podcast. Listen to it a lot. And then uh, the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast as well. But they do a lot. They did a a local radio show and all that. And uh, John has this hate for this GM. And I read an article about he makes like crazy decisions. He's like a he's a not not a whack job, but like he's he makes crazy decisions that you wouldn't normally make as a GM. But they're coming out hot. And and I like the way they look. So we'll see if they can do it in the postseason, because usually the Cinderella story ends when it starts to get starts to get deep down into the into the playoffs just like the Vikings every time they get into the playoffs get serious and then boom you miss a kick you throw a pick you know just uh your normal calls not being called when yep, they should be. yep. then mm-hmm. just ruining the hearts of all Saints fans every year yeah uh but all right so that's where that's what our picks look like if you guys want to go on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review. If you think we're absolutely nuts and you guys got another pick, I would love to hear what it is because my picks are already nuts. So let's see how crazy they get. All right. So I've told Tyler he has no idea what these are. We've got two surprise segments. I told him one was going to be relatively hard and one was going to be relatively easy. So, of course, we'll leave the easy one for last. So I've got this next segment called Under the Radar. So... I don't have an opportunity to bring up a lot of stuff that surprises Tyler by watching baseball. So I think that I'm going to give him five underrated players in their statistics. And he's going to let me know if they're actually under the radar players or if they're actually being talked about. And I'm just not hearing about it. So let's go. Not in any specific order, but I've got five players that are helping teams in decent playoff races that have really good statistics that I've seen on my free subscription to MLB.tv. So here we go. Number one, Bryce Harper hates all Philadelphia players and Philadelphia teams. Bryce Harper batting 301, 27 home runs, 64 RBIs with an on-base percentage of 413. Average in the MLB is 342 for above-average players. So he's almost 100 points above. Has missed a few games, and he's a crybaby. This really hurts for me to write on this list. So if you guys watch anybody of the, any listeners out there, watch hockey, Bryce Harper is Sidney Crosby. (laughs) So if anybody is familiar, Bryce Harper, he will complain. He will bitch. He will make something happen on the field where he slightly runs into the wall and then is on the ground for 40 minutes. So Bryce Harper has been playing better than I think people are giving him credit for. Once again, I picked his team and I also picked him on this list. So, Ty, what do you think? I have to agree. Yes, I do. Like, he's, he's one of those players where he – and this is just back from watching him with the Nationals. He starts off extremely hot in the beginning of the series, goes on a tear, like in the beginning of the year, goes on a tear where everyone else is warming up. He is just mid, mid-April, bang, home run, home run, home run. But, no, I definitely think that he's helping the Phillies – Absolutely. Yes, he he has his antics and but I mean, I would take him on the Mets if I could. He's I think he's one of the players who he before he was in the majors, he had all this hype about him, like at 16, hitting a 500 foot home run out of Tropicana Field. Like I 
I think, yeah, he lived. I think he's living up to his hype. Granted, his contract 10, I think it's 10 years, $330 million. Um, is he worth that much money? No, because I don't think he's never, I don't think he's gonna bat over 300. I don't think he's ever gonna do that. So, but power numbers are gonna be there. He's gonna be clutch. He can run. He has a strong arm. He can play the outfield. He can play right field pretty well. One, I would say he's one of the best. If you put wins above replacement, I think, yes, he definitely helps his team out with that. Um, yeah, I just, unfortunately, yes, he's definitely helping. We got him one for one. All right, one one next one. one. Shortstop for the San Francisco Giants, Brandon Crawford. So Brandon Crawford batting 293. 19 home runs, 76 RBIs. One of those untold players that people forget about, in my opinion. He's in the top five in terms of errors at his position. So not only does he help offensively, he also helps on the defensive side at shortstop. And with the Giants push, I actually was a little tied. I was going to bring Brandon Belt in too, but I don't really like his, I don't like his defensive play versus Brandon Crawford. So what do you think about Brandon Crawford? I absolutely love Brandon Crawford. He has literally, he's been under the radar for the longest time. And I don't understand why his defense. I mean, literally just watching against the Mets. I mean, he's base hits or not base hits. He has like, he's having one of the best offensive seasons in his career. And and he's 34 and he signed a two year extension with the giants a couple weeks ago to stay to play shortstop. At 36 years old, you don't have a – if he's going to do it, I think he, if any player is going to do it, it will be him. I absolutely love Brandon Crawford, and he's been under the radar his whole entire career, and I just don't understand why. Like, offensively, he yes, I can see where his numbers are not always the greatest, but defensively, he's literally one of the best shortstops in the game, and it doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all. And every no if you want to go to the Giants, every – Every player basically on the Giants, besides a few, are having the best career, the best year in their whole entire career. And it's yeah. no one knows why. They're just that team is just um, it's like definitely a Cinderella story for that team. Now I'm two for two. I'm liking this so far. All right. And then so the next one. So this is a shout out to, to Chipper Jones. I saw him on uh, the MLB network doing a uh, a coverage. Uh, this player who I had no idea who this guy was until I had to look him up. So Ty France from the Seattle Mariners. Ty France batting 292 with 16 home runs and 60 RBIs while splitting the time with Kyle Seeger at third base for the Seattle Mariners. So let's just let us just think about this, right? So combined this season for the Mariners, them two combined are batting. 269, 49 home runs, 153 RBIs. Kyle Seeger's batting average is really low, which is, I think, why they're, why they're splitting time. They're probably – I don't watch the Mariners, nor have, do I have the ability to watch them often, but I'm guessing one of them is playing DH while the other one is playing third base and vice versa. But that's a lot of offensive potential, uh, especially him coming over. He came over from the Padres in 2020. so. Ty France is doing a good, and I picked the Mariners to go in the wild card spot. So if they can continue to get a lot of offensive um, potential out of him, I think that the Mariners have the ability to make it in that division. Now, I don't know if you know much about Ty France, but Chipper Jones gave me the heads up on him. I mean, no, I mean, I, 
I mean, I don't really watch the Mariners that much. I mean, they're just – they're definitely a sleeper team. I just think Kyle Seeger, 33 home runs compared to France, who has 16. Like, I – and then you have Mitch Haniger. Mitch Haniger was holding that – like, was the offense of that team for a while. So, I think you can't really – like, you can't leave him out. So – I mean, granted, Corey Seager has been, I mean, not Corey, Kyle Seager, Corey Seager's his brother. Yep. I mean, they have pretty much played the same amount of games. Like, Kyle Seager played 135, where France played 127. So, I mean, you can't, like, they're pretty much playing the same amount of games. They, runs-wise, France has 71, Seager has 66, very similar. France has 140 hits compared to Seager's 109. That's... It's your basic. It's your basic argument between average hitter, hitter for average, or hitter for power. That's basically your and and if they have the ability to play them at DH, play one of them at DH, then it doesn't really matter. But if you have to pick between and and Haniger was a good is a good player too. Um, I like him. I, I was always more of a fan of average hitting versus power hitting, but you need at least some of that. So depending on the way their team dynamic is, depending on what's going on with that specific situation or that specific game and the team that they're playing, it might be a little bit different. I like the way he plays. I've seen a few videos of him. I obviously did my due diligence and looked him up. That's a similar swing to what I had in, in, in high school, which does not translate at all based on me being terrible at baseball and him not being terrible at baseball. But uh, I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's definitely a good player. I mean, Kyle Seeger is your typical, I'm going to either hit home runs or I'm going to strike out. Mark Reynolds. <laughs> Mark Reynolds, yeah, definitely. I. So, I mean, France has 91 strikeouts on a year. Seager has 135. Yep. There's your, yeah. It's your power hitter versus your average hitter. hundred percent. 100% based on that statistic alone. I mean, and do you want like, I mean, you need your typical, I'm going to hit for average hitter. Cause those people are going to get on base. You need runners on base to score runs besides like besides hitting home runs. Like you can't just solely rely on home runs. So you need those players to, you need those batting average type players where, they're going to get on base, draw walks, whatever, to get on base and get you some runs. So, yes, I think he is helping, but I also think that if it wasn't for Mitch Haniger, then I would say yes. Like, France is definitely holding that team together, but with Haniger, I've seen him play. I've seen him come up clutch a couple of times. Can't rule him out. So I think it's the, I think it's going to be if I had to pick an order, it would be Hanniger, Seeger, then France. All right, all right. I'm I'm still doing okay. Two for three, guys. All are. right, we got two left. All right, we're going over to the AL. Raphael Devers for the Boston Red Sox, batting two seventy four. 33 home runs and 100 RBIs. 347 in terms of on base percentage. He has more home runs than J.D. Martinez. He has a little bit less hits in terms and against versus J.D. Martinez. And Xander Bogarts is up there, too. So those three players are really up top in terms of the Boston Red Sox. 
but they, regardless of the slump that they were in now, I think Devers is the most unknown player out of those three. I think people will know Xander Bogarts and people will know JD Martinez. They won't necessarily know Raphael Devers. So I don't know. I, He's got the he's got the statistics. He's got a hundred RBIs right now. Not many players have over a hundred RBIs. So, what do you think? I yes, Devers. My father's a huge Red Sox fan. Devers is fantastic. He literally is. I don't understand how it works, but he literally. You can throw him any pitch he's going to swing at it, and almost guaranteed to hit it. Like he's just like I'm not saying he used to. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero senior type of hitter, but pretty much anything that you throw, he can hit. I definitely, I, yeah, he's definitely a fantastic player. Great hitter. He needs a little work on his defense, but it's getting better. Uh, his body wise, if you look at it, he's not, I wouldn't say he's a third baseman. If you look at him, he can be maybe, I don't even know if I honestly, I think it's, I think he would just be a first baseman if you go off body type, but no, he's definitely, he's a hitter. He's fan base, love his own. You can't forget about Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, he has 26 home runs, 81 RBIs, batting 261. I mean, he's not far away from, from uh, Devers. So, and Jay Martinez is, he's having a career. He, I mean, his, his career almost came to an end couple years ago like he wasn't hitting striking out too much and then he went and changed his swing and now is one of the best hitters in baseball uh bogarts i mean he's batting 298 has 20 home runs granted the home runs are not there but i mean he's that team is if you look at it from an offensive standpoint they're there like you have like the top four players. I mean, you even have Kiki Hernandez. I mean, he's not having the best year. His name, by the way, is awesome. Kiki. That's not his. I don't, I don't believe that's his actual first it's name. It's not his actual first name. He's great name. I think it's Enrique. Yes, it is. It is Enrique. Yes. I think, yeah. It's a, And then, I mean, they have Kyle Schwarber. I mean, granted, he is, he's probably the best leadoff home run hitter in all of baseball. Um, but yeah, I think Devers, I'm not going to say he's underrated or overrated, especially definitely not overrated. Um, I don't think he's underrated cause he's definitely like people know him, they know him in the lineup. It's so yeah, he's, if my, like if my dad was on his podcast, he would flat out be like, you know what? Best hair at all baseball. <laughs> he's going to hit tons of home runs. Like he's just, I think. To me, though, the one downfall is I think he's a little too aggressive just because in the first pitch, yes, you have you might get a fastball nine times in 10 you are, but that fastball is high above your head and you're swinging at it. Now you're down 0-1 in the count. You're not in a hitter's, hitter's account. So I that's my only downfall with him is that he can be overly aggressive, but that could come down to management. Alex sure. Cork can say, hey, don't swing. Almost, yeah. Or, or swing, you're going to get a fastball, swing it. So, but no, I, I like that pick. All right. One more to go. The old man. I love this guy. I don't know why. I just do. Cincinnati Reds, Joey Votto, 28 home runs, 85 RBIs, batting 269. Joey Votto, the old small man. He's not that big either. Small guy. 
But I mean, we talked about we talked about India. He's been having a low key season. Like this guy, nobody's talking about Joey Votto right now. Nor I, I don't. I swear, I look at all these recaps on ESPN with all this stuff. More people are talking about India than they're talking about Joey Votto. Joey Votto's got eighty five RBIs and twenty eight home runs. He could end the he could end his end the season with forty. He could hit twelve home runs in a in a month. I mean, he already hit eight, so he was on. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I mean, I Nobody's think he's talking can't, about him. No one's talking about him. He's. I can guarantee he's a Hall of Famer. I can absolutely, absolutely agree. Absolutely a Hall of Famer. He's been the best player on that team for as long as he's been on that team. It's got to be at least ten years. Yeah, like he's. Yeah, he's definitely. I I like him. I definitely like that pick. Um, Nick Castellanos, batting three twenty. Home runs is 26 home runs. I mean, he's batting 320. Did you see the the video of, of the of the team taking his bat and checking his I bat? I did. I did. I forgot. I I completely forgot about that until you said Nick Castellanos because he's the pretty boy looking dude. He's huge. Yeah. He, yeah he's so another guy who he changed his swing and he's been phenomenal. He has the same, he has the same hitting coach as um like not with the team, but he has like our own personal hitting coach. And it's the same guy who changed J.D. Martinez's swing. So he – that and that was funny how you mentioned that they tried taking his bat. So I saw that. He's like, they said my bat was too dangerous, so I gave it to a kid. Like – I saw him I throw that the bat funny. over the thing too. So I guess they thought his bat was corked, basically, for all you guys who haven't seen it out there that are listening. They thought his bat was corked like some Sammy Sosa shit. Like it was corked or whatever because he hit a – a long home run or whatever. Nick Castellanos is a huge dude. I remember when he used to play on the Tigers. That was like two or three teams ago, I think. He was a twins killer, that guy. Every time there was more than two people on base, it was a hit regardless. Like, yeah, I remember seeing a statistic when we had um, that big, the huge pitcher from the, from the Yankees, Michael Pineda. Mm. Michael Pineda was pitching against him. He was 12 for 13 with seven home runs and 26 RBIs and 13 at-bats against Michael Pineda in, in two seasons. It was un, it was something unbelievable like that. But Nick Castellanos, good player. Great player. He, he is fantastic. He's He knows how to hit. And it just all comes down to changing that hitting stance. Like, and it's amazing that you can find somebody. And not a lot of teams will allow you to go to someone who go to another person go to another source to fix your swing, a.k.a. Sandy Olverson, a.k.a. the Mets and Justin Turner. I can't stand Justin Turner, the third baseman for the Dodgers. I there's, I, I should say I can't stand him. I What he did last year just threw me off. I don't know if you heard, but last year when they won the World Series, he was removed from the game, the last game of the World Series. He was removed from the game because he tested positive for COVID. And then when the team won the World Series, he ran out on the field not wearing a mask and cheering with his fan, with his with his teammates and everything. To me, I understand he just won the World Series. I get it. I understand that part. But you also have to put in perspective is that you literally just could have infected all those all your whole teammates, every single one, your coaches, everyone. You could have infected their families, their kids, and you went out and you 
just risk that and that. See, I was that's gonna, where... I was gonna bring that up too, and it's not only because like a lot of people out there that that could be listening to this could be like, well, what does it matter? Like they're not playing anymore. Like it's the World Series, they just won it. But like you got to think about, you don't know if 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 Justin Turner plays third base, right? The starting left fielder could have been his family could have extreme amounts of asthma. And like, once he gets COVID, they give it to the fella. Like it's a huge issue. Like COVID's a huge problem. And it's yeah. going to be a huge problem for sports until all of this stuff is fixed, whether it be a vaccination problem. Like we're not on here to talk politics. No. Like, this is a sports podcast. We're not on here to talk politics, but listen, if the COVID thing's an issue, like during it's an issue sports, in sports. Yeah. It's, it's a huge issue in sports, regardless of whether we're talking about vaccinations, whether we're talking about players missing games, whether we're talking about players that are unvaccinated and speaking out against this stuff and that stuff and what have you. It's a huge issue. I'm not judging anybody for their decisions. Like you make your own decision, but it's a huge issue in sports. So yeah. we, we got it. We're going to have to talk about it until it yeah. becomes not an issue. No, absolutely. I mean, you have people who are le- literally leaving the job. And going saying, well, we're mandating vaccination, so but I'm not going to get it, so I'm quitting my job. Which to me, it's like, okay, you have your own beliefs and everything. I understand that. But you know how many people in this country who love sports love to have that job? And to be like, hey, you know what? I'm part of an organization. And not just like, oh, I, I'm a concession worker or anything like that. Like, no, you are one of the people who are making decisions on these players. You're either making calling plays or doing all this. And you're willingly leaving that job because you're that team that you work for. The owner that you work for has put in a policy that, hey, you have to get vaccinated. To me, it's just like. Like I said, I'm, I don't want to judge anyone or anything like that. But what when like you have people in this country who love to work in a sports team franchise or anything in management wise, basically. And there's people are just like, I'm leaving. Goodbye. I'm resigning. I mean, make your own choices. Like, if people are going to make their own choices. You, you just have to live with the consequences. That's basically what it comes down to. And then I and I made a comment already because I talked about some of this the the vaccination stuff with with baseball with mo, with most of sports already in one of, in one of my other podcasts. And if you guys didn't hear, like this is this is the way I feel about it. So like it, Tyler and I are both employed. We have jobs. We don't just talk to you guys because we get paid. We don't. It's just fun to talk to you guys about baseball. It's fun for us, and and we enjoy doing it. Like we enjoy talking sports. We we built our entire friendship on that. Because we used to hate each other in high school. Basically, growing up, we did. We used to hate each other. We're best friends now. And sports in college and sports in general were one of the reasons why we became really close friends. So, listen, we both have jobs, right? You're if you at work, sometimes you're told to do stuff you don't want to do, but you got to do it. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't agree with everything that happens at my job. Tyler doesn't agree with happens that everything in his job, but we need to make a living. Exactly. And just make these decisions. And I feel like some of these people that are making these decisions are doing it because they have forty five and a half million dollars in the bank and they can do whatever they want because they're covered. I can't do that. I need to pay for a house. I got bills to pay. Tyler's got the same. Yeah. So like at the end of the day, there's it's not judgment. I, I just feel like these people have so much money that they feel like they can make decisions that normal middle class individuals or less uh, promising individuals in terms of their bank account could make yeah. like that's it 
that's that's where not just like and that's just not just management for teams but it's also for players i mean Mm -hmm. you have players who are like no no like i'd rather just end my career because i don't want to get a vaccination like deandre hopkins one of the best wide receivers in baseball in football and he comes out and says i might just retire because i don't want to get a vaccine we can't make that decision if we say hey you know what I'm, i'm quitting or like we're not doing it. We're fired on the spot, just like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a very deep conversation that's going to continuously yeah. happen, and we can revisit it. Obviously, we're going to have to because we're going to see how the MLB or how the NFL season starts and what goes on with that. Uh, surprise, little tidbit: Tyler and I are going to be back tomorrow, and we're going to be doing an NFL segment. So Ty's going to be back two days in a row, which is awesome. But we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I have one more segment for Ty. And it's okay. for all those people who like to bet out there. So Tyler's going to make some people some money. So if you guys are ready for this, we're going to do the parlay segment, right? So I've got three games. I've got three teams and I have three over unders for all the games. I'm not going to tell Ty who the favorite is in any of these games. Okay. So you got three games and they're all today's games. All right. <laughs> all right. First one that we talked about him earlier, Zach Wheeler at the Brewers over under seven. What do you got? Woodruff is on the mound for the Milwaukee Brewers. What's Woodruff's stats? Really? I have nothing. You have nothing? I have right. nothing. All right. I'm not even going to look up the stats. I'm going to say under. I don't, I don't think – I don't – one, I'm not into all the whole parlay stuff, so I'm not really familiar with all that. So, and all I'm, right. So I'm, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it real quick for the for all the people who don't know. All right, so parlays, right? So when you make a bet, so say Tyler's watching a Mets game and he thinks the Mets are going to win. He takes the Mets money line and puts his bet in. He bets $20 on it. If it's two to one, then he wins $60, his 20 back, and then 40 bonus. Parlays, you make multiple decisions and all of them have to come true or you lose your money. So basically what happens is you could pot, you have the ability in these three games that I give you to give me six results, a winner and a over or under. If you parlay them all together, you get better odds because what are the chances you get all six of them right? So you're going to pick a winner and you're going to pick an over or under, and I'm going to put them all in a bet right now, live on this podcast, and I'm going to bet it for today. The games start at 105, so we are running out of time. Okay. Uh, right, yeah. So you're going to take the Phillies or the Brewers, and then you're going to take the under, correct? I'm take, Yeah, I'm taking Brewers, though. Okay. So we're going to log on real quick. And all these people out here, you guys better be recording this and listening. Because if he wins this parlay, you guys could all be rich. (laughs) All right. So we're taking the Philadelphia Phillies and the under. All right. Next game, the Mets at the Nationals. Over under nine. (laughs) The only available information I have for you is the pitchers. Trevor Williams for the Mets and Patrick Corbin for the Nationals. Like nine runs, like under over over under nine runs is combined between the two teams. So if the Mets win six to four, it's the over. I I, it's I think it's going to be over. Over, got it. Who's winning? Oh yeah, who's uh, who's winning? Oop, we have a live update. The over is now nine and a half. It just live updated to nine and a half. Okay, well, I'm still picking over because right, over it is. Games has just been over. 
13, 13 to six yesterday. Oh yeah, you're right. Thirteen to six. Okay, though, you thing. got though the Mets or the Nationals. Uh, Patrick Corbin's good, but like he's been having an off year. Do I go? I don't ever know what. I'm going to go with the Mets. All right. The Mets win. Got it. So we got the Mets and then over nine and a half. I probably just lost you money, but I'm going to no, go. Oh, the- no, no. See, the best part about parlays is you don't have to put that much money up because you win a lot. All right. Last one. This one's going to be the best one because I really want you because I was going to bet this before we even got on the podcast. And I was like, you know what? Let's put a segment in there for Tyler. Let's see what we got here. Let's go. Blue Jays at the Yankees. Hyunjin Ryu. Against Jamison Talion. Blue Jays. Blue Jays are winning. Got it. And then the over-under is 10. Oh. They're both powerhouses. Oh. So it's one of those games where it's going to be either way over or way under. Are they playing at Yankee Stadium? It's at Yankee Stadium, correct. (sighs) And what's the over-under? 10. Which means it needs if if the so if you got the Blue Jays the Blue Jays win six to five you win. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go over. Go over. Got it. I'm gonna go over. All right, everybody. If you're ready for this, so we're doing the the biggest parlay in the history of the All In Man Cave podcast, MLB <laughs> baseball, which I lose a lot of games on DraftKings for. So we've got the Phillies money line against the Brewers under in that game of seven. We've got the over in the Mets Nationals game over nine and a half. We've got the Mets winning that game. And then we've got the Blue Jays money line and over 10 against the Yankees. So that parlay right now is 63 to one. So if I put $3 on that, I went $198. So I'm going to put $3 on that right now. And I wish this was YouTube live because then you'd be able to see me place this bet. But the bet is officially in three dollars wins me one hundred and ninety dollars and forty cents. So that is the end of the MLB podcast for the all in man cave podcast. Wonderful having Tyler here today again. Uh, we're going to be back again. Like I said before, we're going to be back tomorrow doing an NFL lead up for the season. We're going to do some picks, some stuff we saw for the preseason and getting ready for Thursday night football, which is the Dallas America's team Cowboys who are going to get obliterated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by at least 20. I'm, I'm calling that, but um, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's going to come in hot. So let's get you guys. We're going to get you guys ready for Thursday for football. Uh, We're going to be doing an NFL segment. So this segment now, you guys will be listening to this segment on September 7th. It is the 6th right now, Labor Day. Um, I want to thank you guys all so much for listening. Got a lot more uh, platforms coming out. I'm hoping to get on Google Podcasts soon. Listening, uh, hoping, sorry, really hoping to hear from Pandora, who I sent my podcast to a, a month or two ago and still haven't heard anything left on that. But for all of you on IR radio, Spotify and Apple podcast, thank you so much. Please leave a review on Apple podcast. If that is your platform, unfortunately there isn't one for iHeartRadio radio or Spotify. So if you guys can find me on Facebook, Cole hate C O L E H A Y D T and leave a message in my DM, any review comments, anything you guys want to ask. Um, I'm more than willing to answer also if you guys want to leave a review in 
Apple Podcasts. If you guys want to leave your favorite baseball team, your favorite football team, and when you guys became a fan, I want to see what kind of fans we got out there in terms of listeners. But um, I once again, Tyler, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow for football. You ready for football? I am. It's just a little hard, though, because, like. Don't I think mean, about the church Giants fan. Stop. You got Kyle Rudolph from the, from the Vikings. You'll be fine. He's, he's older than dirt. Don't worry about it. We'll talk about we'll talk about Kyle Rudolph tomorrow. But thank you again, Tyler. I really appreciate it. And like I say to all of you listeners out there, whether you be first time listeners or regular listeners, have a wonderful Labor Day and peace.